everything from overlanding in your stock rig to full-on LS-powered to buggies on stickies. This is the Total Off-Road Podcast. I'm Steve. And I'm Derek. And this is episode 117. And we have a missing host. That's right. And he's not responding to my text messages, so I'm assuming he's nursing. Because he had a baby! A baby. Michael had a baby. I don't have the details specifically right beside me. I know he was much lighter than my child. He's six pounds something ounces. That's what I remember. Yes. One Elliot Wolf. E.W. 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 Cute little fella. I've seen seen pictures on the internet. That's right. Uh, Very adorable baby. Congratulations, the Wolf family. The Wolf House has grown by one wolf wolf, pup. Wolf House. Wolf cub. Yes. Wolf I pup, am, in fact, and if you were, well, you couldn't uh, go for other reasons, but at the baby shower, we learned that wolf babies are wolf pups, as are dolphins, uh, dolphin pups. Really? That Who I didn't knew? know. Yeah. Not this guy. I did not know that there were there were dolphin pups. It was right. a new thing to me. <laughs> there were, an, there were a, a slew of pups. It wasn't just like, gonna, it was like dolphins or some other interesting. animal, and then... We did like a game where there was like name the type of baby. Name was, my of my claim to fame was I knew that kangaroo babies were called joeys. Ayo, winning. So I have a cough this week, and so you are going to more than likely hear me cough at some point. I apologize in advance. But that's what I want to tell everybody. The good news is we have working internet. Finally, and I can Steve. I can see it's Steve so, clearly. It is so fantastic. We have good, good internet down here now. Line of sight, which I had no idea that you could get a hundred megs with line of sight. It's phenomenal. Like, that's impressive. Like Steve's coming yeah. through in HD, and I mean, we do. I'm and recording so the my chode. audio, but it almost seems like we don't even need to. We'll see. This is our trial run. So. And if this works out, that means that we can have guests remotely. Oh yeah, see them. via via the internet. Via the internet. My, I'm pretty sure everyone that I reached out to back in January has given up on me and told me <laughs> to just like fuck. Fuck that guy. I haven't really guy. been following up. I've did, I've been like, you know, I was like, hey, what do you think about this? And they're like, sounds good. Not, Let me know. And yeah, then I didn't let them know pattern. because yes. we had so many technical difficulties. So now I yes. can start letting them know. That's because literally we like went to do that. And lost internet like the following week or some shit. Yeah. And so like, what are you going to do, right? Exactly. Well, then we had Um, had Dave on, Rad Migo. Yeah, and that was in person. He ruined it for everybody else because that was the last good week of good internet. (laughs) Oh, was it? I think so. Right around Uh, that point. Yeah. So. I am currently watching a video of Team Broverland going up some raucuses in the desert somewhere. And all I got to say is that's bullshit. It's like snowing here and shitty. My Jeep's in the garage broken. I have so much work to do. I can't even think straight, let alone figure out how I'm going to put a transfer case in that thing. I was going to say, we should talk about that this week. Uh, Nothing really as far as knowing what happened to it. I just know that it's, you know, we just know that something's wrong. Um, I did not dra- uh, grab the drive shaft out of it and take it to the shop. I should have done that this week, taking it to the machine shop. It's on the way home. Like I can literally just swing by and drop it off at some point. Um, I haven't gotten that done. Uh, just trying to get everything. We've got a big show coming up in two weeks. In fact, yeah, about um, not even two weeks, but basically two weeks. A week from now, I will be in full show prep, trying to get some trucks ready to go down to that show. And so just kind of everything's on hold until that gets done once that shows over i think i can start to resume life somewhat that's good and then yeah but i should what i should do is get the drive shaft down there to that shop so that they can work on it while i'm doing this other other shit they'll have it done in no time flat so i had a couple questions about your transfer case shenanigans actually so first of all why don't we start with what are your plans for the transfer case okay so first things first here's what i'm gonna do I'm going to take the rear drive shaft down here to Hall Brothers, have them slice and dice it, pull the double carton off, throw a brand new whole double card in drive or U joints, the whole shebang, right? 
Mm-hmm. Just here's my drive shaft. Rebuild this like a brand new drive shaft. Whatever needs to be replaced, replace it. If you if I have to build a whole new drive shaft, let's do that. Get it right. Okay. Turn it into a front drive shaft. We're gonna cut mm-hmm. it down. It'll be my new front drive shaft. I'm gonna bring it back here. I'm gonna throw it in the front and bolt it in. Then when that's done, I'm going to back the Jeep out of the shop into you know front wheel drive essentially. And I'm going to go take it out for drive and fuck off out here in the parking lot, whatever I can do to put load on the transfer case. So you're going to unload, if, un, unbolt the rear drive shaft. Well, the rear drive shaft will be non-existent because I just took it and chopped it down to a front drive shaft. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah so that's, that's front the case. Drive shaft, so want, current front drive shaft is just going in the garbage. No, current front drive shaft, the one that was, that broke is in my pickup. The one that's in there now belongs to, um, Kevin Ramirez. Yes. So, so I assume you're giving him. that back to him. Yeah, at some point. <laughs> and then if that noise is gone, then we didn't break something in the drive in the, in the transfer case. Instead, it's just some. It was that drive front drive shaft, right? Right. right. So we're gonna try to do a process of elimination real quick before we go tearing mm-hmm. shit apart and not know what was actually broken. Yep, that makes sense. Then I have to decide on whether or not I'm going to uh, put a a, a JK transfer case in it and upgrade slightly. There is six gear planetary and a beefier chain from what I understand. So they, they so have the, that from the factory. That's what I understand. Yes. I yeah. believe you're correct. Yeah. I believe there are 241. 241. So J. Right. And so I guess that would be the equivalent of doing the, the, um, uh, the equivalent of doing the Chevy wide chain. Yeah. And the six year planetaries, except for you yep. just get in a brand new case. Makes sense. Or you I could spend an exorbitant amount of money and get a 241OR, which is the four to one. What's that? Rubicon. Is it Mobetta? I mean, it's from four a, to oh, one oh, low oh, range oh. instead of 2.7 to one. Did you, oh, it's the four to one. Mm-hmm. It sounded like you said it's the Ford one. Oh, and Ford I was like, the Ford one. one. Yeah, yeah, four to Ford one. one. Gotcha. Four to one. <laughs> Ford one. It's the Ford one. Yeah, the four to one. Uh, yeah, spend quite quite the dollars and get that. All, I mean, honestly, though, um, cheaper than that. I, I don't. I here's my Maybe. problem with doing a four to one case. You only have one option. Then, well, you have two. You have direct, and then you have four to one low. Yeah, that's true. You're you're not wrong. I, the, I have a double in my truck. The, yeah, I, I kick it out of low. Um, so I I when we go off roading, I put the two hundred five in low. And mm-hmm. I don't ever take it out. That becomes my right. like high range. Right. But it won't. My truck's heavy. Two to one is not good. Um. So it won't like go up anything. Just about. So I'm I'm still going in and out of really high and low. Um, in regular in, my in regular low. In 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 regular two to one, your truck doesn't like to do hill climbs and things like that. It will, but but I doesn't put love my it. foot all the way to the floor. You know. Wow. But it's Michael. The two, four <laughs> lady has a terrible first gear. That's part of it too. Mike Mike says no, <laughs> but I don't know if that's yet. no. He's not busy, or no, he does not have time. <laughs> Just say sorry. Crazy busy day. Yeah, he he came back. He's like sorry. Crazy busy day. Just don't have it in me. Got it. No worries. Yeah, makes Love sense. Love you. He did just have a baby. Smooches. <laughs> Smooches. okay anyway so um doubler stuff so uh, yeah i technically have the options are one to one 196 to one 272 to one or 544 to one or whatever it ends up being and i pretty much hang out in two to one or 544 to one let me ask you this i wonder i don't know Oh, if the if the rear drive shaft and the front drive shaft were the same length and I put in an eco box, then I could I could not swap them. Why not? Don't you have a flange front and rear? No, no. What I was trying to get at was like, could I just take the if I put an eco box in down the road, could I just take the rear drive shaft, move it to the front and the front drive shaft move to the rear? Oh, Would they be the correct length? Real lucky. You'd have to get real lucky. You'd have yeah. to have the correct ratio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How much is like, it, you'd have to have how it, much is a, right now offset uh, half the length of an eco box forward 
And then when you add the eco box, <laughs> yeah. it would have to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's I don't, so right now. I think the <laughs> I think the front one right now is like thirty something inches, um, and then the rear one is forty two. That won't work. So it's eco pretty box, I think, close. Is like eight. It's close, but it's not. It's, it's close pretty enough. close, yeah. yeah. I, I'd, have to, I'd have to measure to get exactly, but, but nonetheless. You, what you might actually get out of that is that your front and rear might end up being the same length, so then you end up with spare that works for both. Yeah. You're pretty close on that math if, if 42 and 30 are the right numbers. Here, hold that thought for two seconds. I'll be right back. You want me we to just talk keep to talking? the people and tell them cool things? Oh, I'm going to talk to... <laughs> okay, what were we talking about? I was going to start talking about the garage because I ran out of stuff to talk <laughs> to monologue about transfer cases. Okay. I put a marker in. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You might yeah. want to listen to that. <laughs> Just edit out uh, the garage stuff. I can do that. Yeah. So okay. I measured it. That's the nice thing. Man. I have the Jeep in here. Front's 34. Nice. Rear's 42. Currently. Ooh. <laughs> is that exactly eight inches? Well, it needs to be half of eight. <laughs> yeah, so it's not quite. But but I think you're going to end up with the same length front and rear drive shafts because if you split. Um, oh. If you make it if eight inches it longer, the front goes eight inches longer and the rear goes eight inches shorter. Oh, never mind. That's close. Damn. You, you, but you could probably get away with the slip. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. If you made them correctly. Um. So what I'm trying to figure out I don't need to go have a drive shaft shortened. Like, I don't want to go make a, dri- a front drive shaft if the front drive shaft is only going to get um, re- relengthened. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, mm-hmm. what's the cost of a of an eco box? What do you think? Um, full full built. I don't know. Like, I, I built mine so long ago. The prices have gone up. I know Growy yeah. was looking into it recently. The biggest issue is that it's a 16-week lead time. Growy. Oh, that word, is that what we're looking at right now? 16 weeks. 16 yeah. weeks. That's four months. It's four months. That's it. Yeah, that's for, for, yeah. for what Growy needed, too. I don't. It might be oh, yeah. shorter or longer for what you need, right? You're going to have he, a different intermediate shaft at right. the very least. Did he... Uh, did he... I don't think he pulled the trigger on it because they're doing some house stuff. So I was wondering I think he's if... He's like, you know, I'm just going to throw another 241 in and wheel the rest of the season. Right. And then later this year, he'll pull the trigger on either an eco box or a Magnum or something like that and mm. um, do that swap over the winter. He said he might have a, a garage shop to do it in at the new place. Where, where's the eco box at? Canada. Oh, I, yeah. Okay. Black box, eco box. What's the difference? Oh, black, the eco box comes empty. Black box comes fully done. Yep. I get you. Ready to run. And then they also have eco box I, which works with some. Transfer cases, mm. I think only 205s. Well, that won't work for me then. Does not. So how did Which we see... a whole bunch of weight to your... How did you guys find out about the 16-week lead time? Called him? Yeah, I think Groey called him. Okay. He just told me, so that's... Right. I think if they were shorter, he would have just done it and been like, yeah, I'll get so it done before all new the, house things happen. The black box original, the classic that started all, the black box I integrated version as a short or as short as four inches with no drawbacks, fits Dana 300, Bronco 2, Dana 200, and Atlas 2. What does that mean? Integrated with as, little, as short as four inches? It's intense. Yeah. Nonetheless. So it's literally just the length of the planetary gear right. set and housing and selector. Mm-hmm. And but, then the input shaft to the rear case is the uh, shaft that goes into the planetaries. So you, yeah. have to, you have to actually rebuild both transfer cases and it becomes one piece. Essentially, that's what it sounds like. That's how a Magnum works, right? The Magnum replaces the input shaft on a 205. Really? And that all whole one piece goes into the planetary gear set, eliminating any neck down. So then the next, the, the weakest link is basically the input shaft. Wow. The output shaft of the transmission. <clears throat> that's pretty cool, actually. So, yep. okay. But, as everybody knows, my truck weighs over 8,000 pounds and I have a 32 to 31 spline input shaft going from my eco box to my Ford 205 and it's held up just fine. How do I know which one I need? Column. Oh, really? <laughs> what do you, I that mean, what's sounds the spline difficult. input on a 231 for a Jeep? A I 23? wish I could, t- I think it is a 23 on mine. I'm pretty sure it's 23. Yeah. So you'd need a, what or jeep 
Yeah. I need a Jeep black. It, a Jeep I, 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 it's been a while since I've been on their website, but when I ordered it, it was like, tell us what <clears throat> rear transfer case you want to run. So I wonder if that means that like, so the planetaries that you put into these are just like planetaries that are in a new process transfer case. They are, right? They are. I got mine out of my so broken like, 241. Right. So what you're saying is if I buy the eco box and then I just buy two of the, um, I buy two of the JK transfer cases, nab all the planetary parts out of the one tri- JK transfer case and then stuff it all in the black box or eco box. If I didn't get a black box, <laughs> right? Probably would work. I don't know. For and then sure. all six. So the one thing I don't know is if the, I was going to say, get a Chevy case. Right, right, right. That's the cheap. thing to do. But, but the, then but the you have the wrong input shaft. Right. So if you get the one from the JK, you get the six gear planetaries and you get the proper input shaft. Right. You, that might work. I, you have to be careful only because it's a lot newer than a Chevy 241 is. Right. I, of um, course, I would ask them And I know prior. that the, the four to ones, for sure, you cannot do that with. Okay. Yeah, just put four to one low range gears into an eco box. Right. I would have done sense. that. Yeah. <laughs> These are all here. Um, I was kind of looking at their website a little bit right now at the moment here. I was kind of curious to see which one I would need. Pricing wise, you have the the Black Box C, which is the Land Cruiser edition, is sixteen eighty nine. You have the Titan series MP two hundred five uh, Black Box I, which is uh, mm-hmm. nineteen eighty nine. The Black Box itself, I think, which is the classic, is sixteen eighty nine. And then again, 1689 on the black box. I, now these are all fully assembled, I believe, right? The black box is the done one. Mm-hmm. So you get 1600 bucks, which is kind of a bit, how much more is that than doing just the, um, the eco box, right? My eco box was 780 or something like that. You bought it years ago. Well, I'm going to guess yeah, it's exactly. not that I think cheap. I was saying it was like 999 now. It's still not terrible. And you can get a transfer case for far less than $600. Yeah. Uh yeah, depending on which one you need. So the EcoBox 205 planetary doubler case is eleven ninety nine. So it's the more expensive one. There must be something to that because it's got a different shaft internal. There's there's a, a bigger shaft that goes inside of it. Correct. Yeah. It's extra parts. Whereas well, it's a bigger part. Long you know, more so, machining and more right. heat treating and all that jazz. So the one I'm looking at is just this uh EcoBox billet planetary doubler case for nine ninety nine. So yep. I'd have That's the one. Yeah, you can't, like, I don't think they make an eye for a aluminum a case. Oh, I got version. you. Yeah. It has to be a gear driven case that goes behind it. Which right. Because it's, it's like integrated, gear. right? Dana 300, Dana yeah. 200 Bronco, and then 205. Something and, you can integrate with. Yeah. Atlas. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just kind of looking at some of the options and stuff on here. You can add a universal mounting foot. That doesn't sound like a terrible idea. I was actually going to ask you about that with yours. Did you add a mount to the back of the transfer case? Or is it I all... did. I have okay. a lot of opinions about this that maybe some people might disagree with. Right. But I've, I've worked in, for a short stint in my engineering career, an engine development company. And so I learned some things there. Yes. And one of those things that... One of my big pet peeves is when people put an additional support on the transfer case that's not in line with the transmission mount, right? Not in line so, as in directly like line of sight in line? Like left to right in between, gotcha. the, tra- in, in between the frame rails, same measurements left and right, right? Really? It doesn't need to be perfectly centered. It needs to be, the you know, same. If the transmission mount is offset on one side. Yeah. The mount on the transfer case should also be offset. Um, I, what I would not do is if there was an aluminum transfer case hanging off my eco box, I would not add an additional mount. I don't think it's necessary. The really? aluminum transfer cases are pretty light, especially because they're chain driven, mm-hmm. but the 205 weighs by itself over a hundred pounds, like 120, I think right. it's yeah. heavy. So you have all that stress um, on the back of your, of your transmission. Transmission. Yeah. yeah. And so the transmission, especially like a 4L80 it's tiny. Like the mounting flange is like a quarter to maybe three eighths of an inch right. thick. And I just didn't feel comfortable with all that weight hanging off. Now I will say, so, okay, here's why, right? What I've, what I see in my biggest pet peeve is on a 205, there's the front output. The backside of the front output has like a big old flat plate on it. It's really easy to mount a mount there. You just put another flat plate on it with a, you know, a poly bushing on there and you just mount that to a tube that goes across. Okay. But, the reason why I don't like that is because now you've got 
Sorry. Now you've got three mounting points, okay. right? Your engine mounts, mm -hmm. and then you've got your transition mount, and then you have this other one over here that's kind of counteracting offset. everything. It's offset. So like if if everything it's starts to, if everything starts to twist, now you've got a lever point. Yeah, and so you're really <coughs> trying to twist it's the string. transfer case off the yeah. You're, transmission output you're doing just the opposite so yeah so having it in line with your existing transmission mount takes away the lever right takes Makes away sense. the lever and that's it's that's supporting. what i did right mm. i left the transmission mount i put one mount directly underneath the rear output of the 205 which is in right. line with everything mm -hmm. um, tmr makes a little adapter that bolts to the transmission or transfer case output shafts oh, and i perfect. just modified it and made it work so um now the transfer case is supported um Hmm. without having to yeah so honestly when reality what i could do is probably just get rid of the transmission mount i mm -hmm. just have it there kind of for redundancy why not yeah you were going off road you were beating on this thing like why yeah, not have yeah. a little extra and then if like something breaks the whole shit's not flopping around as much right yeah <laughs> yep so everything on this thing all the options here universal mounting foot adds 50 bucks uh laser cut six bolt round gasket two of them adds 20 um, another laser cut gaskets, three of them. Maybe I'm being redundant here. Maybe, maybe I just do the one oh, set of they gaskets. Added that. So yeah, laser cut that, six oh, bolt round gaskets. Uh, you can get two of them or you can get three of them. Um, I have, I have, I think I understand what that is because that wasn't an option when I ordered mine. And, and so what happened? Mm -hmm. So I ordered mine mm -hmm. and because of the way the eco box is manufactured, you can clock it, right? Yeah. There's two for, there's two case halves, and however you want the 205 or your rear transfer case clocked mm -hmm. is how you adjust it. You adjust it with the rear case half. And so that means that in the front of the front half, there's six mounting holes times five, right? Because you can go right. two in either direction of, of unclocked. Yep. And so four of those five, or I guess 20 of those 25 mounting holes or 24 of those 30 mounting Whatever, yeah. holes are unused and they're open to the inside of the case and they're they're not open to the inside of the case but they're basically if you put a gasket on there that's yeah. not a shit ton of rtv when you press it against a really remember i was saying that the transmission right. ceiling surface on the 480 is very narrow mm -hmm. the bolt heads are bigger than that right so you put a gasket on there it's not pressing that paper gasket or that gasket against the transmission mounting surface oh and so you'll get transmission fluid that lives in between mm -hmm. the transmission and the transfer case that'll drip out and for my for my application i actually run a t on the transmission cooler line back to the eco box right and then i took the front input seal out of the eco box so all of the extra transmission fluid just flows back into the transmission so it's like constantly oh, wow. lubricated from the transmission and cooled right that's pretty cool because I'm lazy and they say they want you to, if you keep it as a closed system, they want you to replace the oil in it every oil change. <laughs> or wow. at least they did. I think they've increased the volume so it's not as often anymore. Right. But The last thing on the options for the EcoBox is the output seal extension. From the EcoBox to the transfer case, right? Yeah, I don't know what that is. Huh. Yeah, that's what it says. Output. Maybe seals. it's if you put that universal mounting foot because oh, I think the mounting foot would go in between the eco box and the trans in the transfer case. case. Yeah, I think that's how I would do it. I think I would get the mounting foot and then put a, another rubber bushing. Just, I would probably just it, the mounting foot now. So you're you've got your transition mount here. You're mounting. Right. You're mounting right on the edge of the end of the transmission, most likely. Yep. You had six to eight inches of eco box and then the mounting foot would go here right. that to me is so close i would just do one or the other i wouldn't do both oh really hmm. yeah but mine i have the mounting foot and then i have the 205 also on that so it's like i want to say like 12 or 14 inches further back right. something like that so yeah 11 if you order everything all the stuff together with it on the eco box 11 47 even plus shipping i assume yep and mm. that was 80 or 100 bucks for me i think oh really because it's from in, coming from canada canadia yeah canadia it's not light i mean it's not heavy but it's i think it's like close to 50 pounds right so i'm surprised nobody else make does somebody else make this stuff is this um, the only company making these well offered design makes one but it only works with the 205 ah um there's probably i mean there's homebrew 
right? You could take a 241 right. and chop off the front <clears throat> output half and then TIG weld a plate and make a Jesus. custom gasket and all that shit. Sounds, sounds really fun. Yeah. Totally want to do that. It would be fun <laughs> if, yeah, if you like fun, that stuff. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a lot of work. And then you still have to make a custom intermediate shaft. Oh, that would be um, expensive. Or you do it yourself. So there's a guy on, uh, I found him on Pirate, I think, mm -hmm. but his build is on S10 forums. I forget his name, um, but he has a square body S10 with a Duramax and Allison in it with a doubler and tons and 37s or 40s or something like that. And he toes with it. And I'm like, this is the coolest shit ever. Good like, <laughs> like the, we talk about like the do everything rigs and his is certainly one of them. Like, right. You know, there's rigs that can like, you know, tow a little bit. Like I could, I could probably put 5,000 pounds behind my truck and tow with it, but this guy is towing like goosenecks with like, <laughs> you know, 20,000 pounds or something on him, not on him, but including the trailer weight with an S10. Anyway, but he has a doubler in it and the doubler is a homebrew. Wow. 241, 241. So he's got a 241 that he chopped the front output section off and is just running the front half of the case. And he like custom machined an intermediate plate between them. Mm -hmm. And what he did for the intermediate shaft was he took a spare 4L80 transmission output shaft and whatever splines go into the planetary gear set. And he like milled them down on a lathe and like slid them together and had this huge chamfer on each and did like a three or four pass weld grief. between the two. Yeah. And he's like, I have a, for somewhat tuned Duramax and I've towed 20,000 pounds with it and gone full throttle up hills and oh that, trans that intermediate shaft holds up. I'm like, <laughs> all right, I'm sold, you know? <laughs> so there's a reason why like NWF who single piece intermediate shafts right. that are also heat treated, they don't break. I so, wonder if you could take those two pieces. You have the, you have the chamfer, right? Mm -hmm. But I wonder if you could, could put like a uh, hole in one and then a pin on the other and index it. Oh, he did. That's what he did. Or, right. To make sure that yeah. they're true. So yeah. Like press them together. Yep. That doesn't add much strength. That's really just to make sure that they're aligned. Right. I wonder if um, you could then, then the I wonder if you could then put one side in the lathe, have the other side held still, like held tight with a visor or something to hold it still and then oh. kick the lathe on and fit, you know, like fusion weld them. Friction weld them. Yeah, friction. I mean, yeah, friction. You'd weld. have to have a lot of force pushing, like axially. Oh, would you? Yeah, I think. I figure that's if how they're press fit. Work. I figure if it was press fit, you just kick it on. I think it'll turn like. Oh a handful, yeah, I guess you could actually get them times to weld all together, sudden, like, but eh. then you're putting all that torque through the pin. Well, then you'd put the Not, then you'd put the uh, the weld on there as well. Oh yeah, I yeah. guess. I mean, I mean, I guess. I don't if think you didn't that put friction the, weld's adding much. If you I didn't put the, the yeah, I don't know if you if you didn't put. I don't know. There's a lot of things there. It'd be interesting. Well, think about like a drive shaft. Yeah. 90% yeah. of the torque comes from the OD of it, right? It goes wild? super thick, but it doesn't really add much extra torque. Right. Uh, rating. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So you could, it wouldn't make a big deal. Yeah. Yep. Huh. It's, but that's interesting. Cool. Yeah. That's cool that so, he was able anyway, to Anyway, there's a lot of really clever people out there, I guess is the bottom line that. from this transfer case talk. I just, I just <laughs> need this piece and I need this piece. I'm putting together. So... Yeah, I just need to figure out if I'm going to do a doubler. And the reason I would rather do a doubler than a four to one is to have that adjustability for the same price. I'll have less money yeah. in a ego box than I will in a Rubicon case. Especially if you have to redo the drive shafts already. Oh my right? gosh. That's, usually, that's a, yeah. a big chunk of the cost of changing to a doubler is having to redo both front and rear drive shafts. Right. So I need to figure out but, if I'm going to do that before I go putting drive shafts in. Probably would be a good idea. I will say lengthening or shortening a drive shaft isn't terribly expensive. Yeah, they're not terrible. But, but if you're building brand new ones and then just chopping it up, you know, four months later, hmm, maybe not the not the best idea. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it depends on what your what your what your budget is. You know what I mean? Like, say if you it, do, you need to go wheeling between now and then. You know. Well, I guess Steve, do you need to go wheeling between now and then? <laughs> I think I do. I the, still the gotta, fastest the fastest way to get you back on the trail is just put a two thirty or two forty one yeah, case. Well the fastest it. way is to go not not OR. I'm gonna go check the drive shaft thing first to make sure the transfer case actually has something wrong with it. Make sure it's not just the front drive shaft. 
And then once that's done and we verify it, then I'll just pick up probably Dave Hansen was working on um, getting a 241 put into his buddy's Jeep. And so if he does that and everything goes off without a hitch, it's all perfect and everything's good. Then I'll maybe look into doing that. (sighs) Otherwise, I'll end up rebuilding the one I got. The other option is Atlas. That sounds expensive as hell. Yeah. So well, four, four speeds are expensive. Two and, speeds and what's are... The lead, and what's the lead time? Oh, yeah. Good question. <laughs> Next year. Which is fine. Sometime. It works fine like it is. I don't need to change anything. Go. I can put two drive shafts in it, go wheeling one more time, and then take it to Bray and put a cage in it. You know, it'll be yep. fine. Then next year, yep. if you want to put a doubler in it, put a doubler in it. That's kind of what I'm... I would recommend that plan. I think that's a, that's your best plan because otherwise it's going to be down for the rest of this year. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, with and that's with no affording fun. with affording Nobody a cage. Nobody wants to listen to that podcast. Oh of, my god. Well, it's on <laughs> jack yeah, stands. I'm probably not going to wheel a whole lot. Why when is the garage this? is being built? And that's going to take at least three months. Yeah. Why is this a weekly podcast again? <laughs> <laughs> that's why we added three. <laughs> and this week, uh, nobody went wheeling again. Uh, updates the same as last week. We have one of those things. We have one of those dry erase boards on the wall that's like weeks since last wheeling, and we're like, oh, we got to get that back down to zero. <laughs> it's like that's the opposite funny. of those days since we should, last injury. We should OSHA do that. That'd be funny. Signs. Like have a have a tear off. I'll just buy one of those tear off things, and we'll just oh, put it yeah. on there. You know, we'll just keep yeah. We'll just keep adding days to it. We'll just hold a microphone up to it, so every time we oh, do it, yeah. people are like, yeah, we do it at the very beginning. Of the ASMR. Episode. That would somebody actually be, that'd be a pretty good uh that would be a pretty good intro when somebody hears that that tear that paper tear they would know yeah <laughs> they Excited. would know freedom they're gonna know they're gonna know. Uh, they're, they're, they're definitely gonna know anyhow so that's one <laughs> thing we got going on tell us about your garage so we talked about doublers so we talked about the jeep and things to do with it let's talk about your garage man you thought doublers were expensive <laughs> no I think that machine in my shop is expensive. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much that costs, but uh, it's probably getting close and not. <laughs> I don't know. You're garage. in Chicago. So garages are kind of expensive. They can be, they lot. can be spendy. So, well, so I quoted it. La- so we bought this house last year. Yep. Um, And it has a two car. It's like a two and a quarter car garage. It's 22 feet wide. Um, And six foot three door or something oh, like God. that. Speakeasy was over and he was like, what the fuck? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. He's short. Honda only. Calling you out. Ah, I got him. You couldn't even fit it. You couldn't even fit it a stock Tahoe in it. There's pictures of one right. of the previous owners of the house on Google Maps, and like you can kind of see, like, ooh, with the luggage <laughs> rack. No. Isn't that something? So, yeah, there's a bunch in the neighborhood too. So I think some garage com- company came back and was like, "Hey, you want a garage? You want a garage? You want a garage? Uh-huh. If everybody goes in, you get a deal. Yep. You know, <laughs> same plans, same location on the property. You know, back corner. Right. Anyway." So codes have changed since 1990 when this garage was built. Um, and so a lot would need to be fixed if I went taller. So we got quotes to actually literally go taller with the okay, roof. Okay, I was like, going to ask you that. Take the roof. And I mean, no company. there was one company that was kind of sketchy yeah. that was like, we could probably do it uh, without a permit and Ooh. just like put a knee wall in and uh-huh. like jacket. I was like, I mean, I guess, but. So you were going to, you guys were going to take the trusses and move those up. Well, pretty much everybody that quoted that was like, we're going to have to knock down everything and just save your pad and start oh my over, God, really? essentially. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. And so it ended up being like halfway to a new garage. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I wonder how much a new garage would cost. So I quoted it and I was like, man, this isn't even twice as much. Yeah. And the pad is cracked in the current garage. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, Doze it. maybe we should just wait right. till next year, build a new garage. Well, that burned you. <sighs> A little bit for two reasons. Yeah, materials went up since last year. I I know mm-hmm. lumber in general I think is a little bit down, but I I don't know. I don't yeah. know what all is adding. He didn't give me like an itemized quote, but also the codes changed, and now to have the garage where we want it, we need a bunch of firewalls, which adds cost. And then there's something else I forget what it was. I think now they require an LDL oh header regardless oh, of garage Jesus. door length or width. Uh huh. Which adds a lot of cost. And there's LDL. It's already expensive because. Park Ridge requires the city I live in requires uh they they don't call them like roof ties they call them joists and so uh-huh. because they have to be load bearing because they're joists they have to be 2 by 12s Oofda 
Yeah. Wow. So the whole ceiling will be two by twelves, which is good in a way because I can just throw a come along up there and probably do an engine swap. <laughs> I would <laughs> I say so. To. The uh, LVL header. Um, what does the LVL stand for again? You don't laminated know. something something. I, get I think you. it's basically an I beam. It's a wooden I beam, yeah, basically. Yeah. Actually, no, it's not an I shape though. It's it's instead of a, it's like a two by or three by twelve. Uh huh. Laminated wood layers though, so it's even stronger than an I beam because it doesn't have that I, narrow section in between the I top see. and the bottom. LVL, but it's beam. like I think the guy was saying it's like two and a half times stronger than the equivalent of just the same wood. Really? Yeah. Laminated veneer lumber. Yeah, there you go. Yep, it is. So I think just, it's like wood, then like a plasticky veneer, and then Holy wood, Jesus. and then and just a bunch of layer of those press fit with some force and heat. Yeah. I anyway, see. it's strong. Mm-hmm. Expensive. And expensive, yep. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so, um, the good news is I can run an 18-foot wide door. That's nice. Without, Do you need an yeah. 18-foot wide door? It only adds a few hundred bucks, so why not in the scheme of things? <laughs> um, so anyway, bottom line is the garage costs went up for the equivalent size by about 33% since last year. Yeah. And we're still going to do it. It just sucks. Um, and it's going to take about two and a half, three months. Um, the good news is, I think it's good news. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I got a neighbor that's in concrete and he was like, I will pour your pad for you and probably save you a good chunk of money. And I was like, that's okay. a nice start. Yeah. Yeah. But that'll add a little bit of lead time, unfortunately, because then he's got to pull permit separately from the contractor and then mm-hmm. they got to work all that stuff out. So right. the logistics will just add some time. But, uh, yeah. That's a little, that, and it's probably worth it depending on how much you save, I suppose. Yeah, Hopefully if it, it was like 200 bucks, I'd be like, well, yeah, yeah, all right, no that's deal. probably not worth it. Yeah. You know, the, the extra storage time would outweigh that. But if right. it's like four grand, mm-hmm. now we're talking, right? That's a big difference. So it's a pretty big difference. What is, what kind of figures are you looking at for this thing? So how big is the garage going to be? It's going to be 22 wide because that's what the current one is and we yeah. don't want to lose any more. We can't really lose any more backyard space. You know, we've got to have okay. a certain amount of grass. Yep you know, per city code and we're already at the max basically. But if we go deeper, we just take up driveway space. So we're not really taking up any more grass area um, or grass or landscape or whatever it does. It just needs to be like permeable surface. Right. Um, And so we're going from 20 feet deep to 28 and that's about as long as we want to, we could go deeper, Mm -hmm. but that's about, if we go any deeper, we start to like get real close to our patio and then so like access to the backyard kind of gets yeah narrow blocked how much is that going to leave and, you currently i'm sorry how much room is that going to leave you between the back of the house and the front of the garage now uh, about 12 feet well that's a lot okay yeah 10 12 feet i yeah. don't remember the exact number i got not the back of the house that's the back of the porch too so oh wow yeah even then okay yeah, it has to be, I think, 20 feet from any neighboring structures, but the porch really? is long enough that right. we're okay. 15, maybe. Hmm. Uh, they got to be able to get, like, a fire truck I see. in there, you know, somewhere to happen. Uh-huh. So. So, okay, so that's cool. So or at least, gonna, like, a ladder. <laughs> and it's going to be, uh, it's going to be 16 foot eaves? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> funny. <laughs> So we save about three grand going nine foot Eve versus 10, both are eight foot doors. So I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't see why not go nine? How much you save? The other thing, three grand. I think it was like three grand. Jesus. Here's why, because it goes from two by four um, studs to two to by six. six studs. Uh, yeah. That makes a huge difference. Yeah. And I lose, and I keep four extra inches of length in both directions, which yeah. Isn't a huge amount, but, but it's some um, something. So yeah. So okay. So you got a twenty-two by twenty-eight, nine foot ceilings, mm-hmm. eight foot door. Yep. Sounds pretty good. I'm gonna pour concrete deep New- enough for a lift, but I'm not gonna put a lift in immediately. I don't think ever, because <laughs> it would be in the way. Could you yeah. Um. Yeah, and Anything? I'm not gonna be able to lift the truck up a whole bunch. Right. Yeah. It's like I won't be able to stand under it unless I went to 16 foot eaves. And so, so. <laughs> you can't even. And so with the code over there, you can't even do a 
10 uh, foot is the highest. No, you couldn't do a scissored um, or a, whether they be a vaulted or whatever, uh, truss. I can't what they're called. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Probably not. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure not, actually. Right. Because they need the those joists. Mm-hmm. It's stupid. But that's okay. I, I, the number mm-hmm. of times that I've had to like lift my truck up to where I needed, I mean, it'd be nice to be able to stand under it right. if I could do that, but that's a pipe dream. It's really not possible in residential Chicago suburbs. Mm-hmm. Um, but so like a lift doesn't really benefit me if I still need to be like kneeling under it or sitting up under it. Like with a nine foot ceiling, I can jack the truck up a lot and still yeah. like sit up right underneath it if I wanted to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You have plenty of clearance. Well, just in some like, you know, rigid pipe jacks or whatever. How tall is it now? <laughs> the roofline seven. Mm, yeah, about right at seven. So. so yeah, you get two feet off the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, how's the child's the truck? Yeah, the truck's seven foot one. Oh, is it? Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, so, so two feet off the ground if I leave the garage door closed. Yeah, that's pretty good. And if I pull it in cab forward, yeah. that should be fine, right? right? Cab forward. Even if the garage door's open, open mm-hmm. I think it'd be... And you're talking two feet. It's already... The frame is already probably close to two feet. Yeah, it's so about 22 or 23 inch belly so height. So you have the entire truck sitting four feet off the ground? That sounds sketch in my book. That does sound sketchy, yeah, <laughs> until you have a lift. But I wouldn't I wouldn't do it. Like yeah, I yeah. would just But you have the option sense of thing. Like there's no need, need to, to go there's no need to go to a scissor truss because you don't need to. Not yeah, not I by today's standard anyway. So do you want to discuss what the quote is for that thing? How many doll hairs you're gonna have to blow away? Come to the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's uh that is totally okay. Yes. It's a lot, you know. Uh I was just gonna let I you bought a pretty nice car for that. I was cash, just gonna let, so. yeah, I was just gonna let you know if it was uh if it was as much as my machine that I just bought. Uh, well, we'll, <laughs> we'll come discuss to the Patreon to we'll find out in the Patreon. Ladies and germs. Faux show. Uh um so I'm actually cool, but though. the reason why I'm talking about the garage is because it's gonna be two to three months that I'm not gonna have two twenty. Um so you better get all your fabbing and, in now. Huh? You better get all your fabricating in now. Gotta get my fabricating in now. So I think we talked last week actually about the steering. I'm just gonna throw offset tie rods ends back on my current tie rod, and I already started working with Chris on uh, some options for that for next year or for later this year rather when I'm ready to pull the trigger on proper high steer. The owner at complete. The owner at complete off road. Um, so he's been really helpful. Um, always. So I'm probably, yeah, always, I'm probably going to get, I, I, I'm the worst customer cause I have, I know exactly what I want. Yeah. And you know where to get it rather than just being like, here, you know, Chris, like make this happen. Like he could make it happen, but I'm like very particular and I'm like, but I need this and I need that and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And I probably already sent him like 10 or 12 emails back and forth after he got tired of Facebook messaging me. Right. <laughs> so, um, I just call him for everything. I should. Yeah. yeah. It's just tricky because I don't want to call them off hours and I work all day. So uh, this is true. Does make it difficult. Um, but anyway, so the steering is going to yeah. be put on hold till later this year. Fuel tank things are happening though. Yes. I saw, um, I saw some, uh, some, uh, some CAD work, some CAD work, some CAD work. Um, where, not where cardboard you, you post- design. Cause I still have the fuel tank in, in the, the truck. truck. Are you going to post those, uh, CADS files? I in can. Yeah. Post them to the trail riders. Yeah, for the people so okay basically what i'm doing is replicating my current tank but in aluminum and because it's going to be aluminum boxy shape i might actually gain a little bit of uh capacity because it doesn't have that like you know how like a steel stamps tank's got that seam that uh-huh. sticks out yep so i'm just expanding the walls to the edge of that seam well, that's a good idea um and i was talking to bray about how to mount it because normally those stamp fuel tanks have like a feature that wraps around another feature using those seams and then straps mm-hmm. underneath to hold it in place. And that's how I mounted mine. And that's where it's leaking is at one of those seams. And so I'd like to avoid having that type of mount. So what I'm going to build is like an upside down cradle for it. Yeah. And then I'll still use the straps cause that'll allow it to, cause if I just bolt it into the frame, I'm a little bit worried about like frame flex. Yeah. I would be like fatiguing the welds mm-hmm. and the aluminum. So um, I'd rather just have it like, you know, soft mounted, so to speak, 
like a regular fuel tank would be. Right. Yeah. Um, that makes sense to me. Could you, um, could you, the cradle, are you gonna build the cradle out of aluminum as well? No, the no. cradle is just going to be like stealing. So is the cradle going to be basically your skid plate? Could you, could you no, it's, build the cradle will be the top. Oh, oh, I see. I so get I'll, you. I'll hold it up in there and then I'll put the straps underneath to hold it in place and then put the skid plate back. And I'm just going to drill mm. a bunch of speed holes in the skid plate to lighten it up. I got you. I was wondering if you could instead, I was wondering if you could put the cradle over top of it, lift it up into the cradle and then have the lower part of the, or have the skid plate itself um, have some rubber mounts, like some rubber attached to the skid plate and basically have a box for the fuel tank to sit in on the skid plate. And then when you mounted the skid plate up, it basically just kind of sandwiched the fuel tank in and everything that mm-hmm. touched the fuel tank was rubber mounted. That is that I considered that. Yeah. The reason why I'm not doing that is because the skid plate itself weighs a lot. And so finagling oh that and the fuel tank might be a pain in the ass. Yeah. I mean, the straps don't weigh that much. They're like yeah. maybe a pound between the two. Right. Yep. 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 So I'll just put the straps underneath it, torque the nuts down, and then I'll put the skid plate on separately. Gotcha. You. you know, if the straps break, however, the skid plate will keep the fuel tank from just <laughs> stay <flat> on the road <laughs> or the trail. Yeah, that's the nice so, thing. Yeah, if if you break a, a strap, redundancy. If you yeah. break a strap, at least you'll have, um, at least you have the skid plate to catch it. That's right. It's better and than then, most. So vehicles. I'm also going to protect the exhaust using the skid plate, and I'll just build a little heat shield between the exhaust and the fuel tank. I like it. Um, it looked really good on the CAD that you, the file that you sent me looked awesome. Yeah, I I, I even bottled, I bottled it with <laughs> four inch just to like give myself some extra leeway if i go to a smaller diameter which i probably will but right four inch look badass oh yeah <laughs> i like where it's gonna come like out a diesel yeah so it'll come out like right beneath the bumper with like a real short turn down um just yeah just aft of the skid plate hmm. so and yes, i never I really get up into this I, I do get up found out on the last off-road trip i did get into the skid plate so i'm gonna keep it um <laughs> Not much. Like this paint is just scuffed. Like it didn't scrape off the paint entirely. So right. like, I'd it love wasn't to, bad, but right. I'd love to see that video to see if that rock that's in the hole in there now is the one that you actually moved into it. It could be. I I do know that there was a lot of noise, and it was all that was all from the uh, leaf spring shackle, really, and bumper. Yeah, gotcha. But it, it might have like kicked it up, you know. Right. But I'm just wondering, like, was it was it there beforehand, or did you put that rock there? Oh no, I moved that rock there. <laughs> <laughs> it like it it did one of those things where like the truck lifted up a little bit and then came back down because the the rock like lifted the truck up on the one side. Right. Um. But anyway, Wonderful. yeah. So fuel tank, it's going to be all fabricated aluminum, probably eighth inch, just because if I go any th- any thinner, it'd be tougher to weld. Mm-hmm. Um. Mr. Bray at Limitless Fabrication is going to hook me up. Um, well, not hook me up, but he's going to do the welding because um, I don't really want to learn how to TIG, relearn how to TIG on a gas tank that could potentially leak if I yeah, suck at it. Let's so. not do that. <laughs> so I'll drive down there. We'll weld it up. We'll have some beers, maybe do some mountain biking or something like that since we both are into that. And it'll be a little, it'll be a fun adventure. It'll be, it'll, yeah. And that'll be, Good to have somebody who is very fluent in TIG welding to do it. That's right. Not mess around and be like, I don't know, it's close. We played that game with a hydraulic yep. tank. It sucked. Yeah. Because we, we had to train the hydraulic fluid every time. Like, oh, oh no, nope. there was a pinhole. Yep. There's a pinhole. Drain all the hydraulic fluid. Clean it very well with brake clean. Then clean the aluminum to the best of your ability. And then now TIG. Oh, it's aluminum too? Oh, it's aluminum. Ooh, oh, man. yeah. Yeah. Stupid. That sucks. You're not wrong. I'm looking at a picture from that. I'm looking at a picture from that obstacle that you drugged a rock into. And that mm-hmm. rock is non-existent. In this picture. Before? Is that from I, that, that trip or no, from a different trip? No, that rock is there. That rock is there. It's just buried in dirt. Well, I wasn't the one that unburied <laughs> it for the record. I know, yeah. So it's been a, it has yeah. now been unburied and it is now moved up against the wall. Which is the only place 
That's wild. That's insane. Just to see how much an obstacle is changing, it just blows my mind. Well, I remember who posted a picture of it like from 10 years ago. Oh my God. I have no idea. Where? Somebody did that recently and it was like, oh my God. Where? Like the, which is now seven foot tall V notch mm-hmm. was like four. No way. Yeah. It's that much dirt has been eroded out of there. Yep. Dude, that's insane. Well, and you got to think about it. I mean, you drive yeah. up to it and your front end drops down about a foot and a half now. Oh, yeah. It's just so dug out, yep. too. Not just eroded, but dug out. Yeah. Um, it's That's wild. Yeah. It's changed a to, lot. Maybe it was Joe. Might have been Joe that posted that picture. Where, but, uh, where did yeah. he post that? Do you know? Uh, Might have been in the Messenger group uh, when that was a while ago. Never so. going to find that. Better just ask Quorum <laughs> to post it again. Like, Actually, Hi, Joe. Joe, if you're listening, uh, whoever yes. posted that picture, please post it again in the Trail Riders page. Yes. The V Notch at Badlands Off Road Park in Attica, Indiana. Right. But yeah, it is crazy how obstacles change over time just from erosion and the, the wear and tear of vehicles going up and down it, too. I wonder how going down that obstacle would be. Ooh. <laughs> Some, lots of skinny pedal. Yeah, I don't... I mean, I could... My truck's long enough. I could go down it, but I think oh, yeah. I would just destroy my front bumper. I think you're correct. Probably. I think so. The base. Hmm. Only that rock is still there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll go up it first, kick the rock out, and then uh, do it down. There you go. There you go. <laughs> now nah, you've got it. Going down it. Oh, uh, that's awesome. Uh, so you're going to work on your fuel tank. I'm going to figure out my drive shaft situation. I think you're right. Um, I don't remember. Did we talk about the crew cab? Did we talk about my pickup issues on the main last week? I don't feel like we did. I feel like it was all on the Patreon. I think it was all on the Patreon. Good. They're going to get, so you should talk gonna, about that. They're going to get another dose of it. Should I? Like we're at oh. 52 minutes. You want me to wrap it up with that? You want me to wrap it up with crew no, cab? So give them a summary of it all at right. least. So here's the deal. The crew cab is a wonderful truck. It's a 2000 Chevy 2500 small block 350 uh, second gen. Second gen? Right. Right? Vortec. It's a Vortec. So it'd technically be a second third, gen. I don't know. Second gen. Yeah, yeah. Second gen because the LS was the third gen. Right. So you have a slightly a slight improvement over the engine that was built in the 60s. Um, yep. And wait, and real quick, for those that aren't super familiar with Chevys, that <laughs> oh, yeah. is the last year of the GMT uh, yes. 400. That is the last year of the 90s OB- body style Chevy pickup. OBS. You call it a square, OBS. I will delete your ass. Understand it that now. It's not a square. Okay. It's not a square. I call it a GMT 400 because that's what General Motors called it. Yes, that is the proper name. The <laughs> slang name is OBS. Anyway. That's right. It's a 2000. It's a ni- It's an 88 to 98 body style. Um, 2000, they ran, Chevy ran the, that body style, the GMT 400 body style into 2000 with both the three quarter ton trucks and the SUVs. So the Tahoe, the Escalade and the Yukon all ran up to 2000 as well with the old body style. Now, oddly tons too, because that 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 was the real reason why, because they had a three quarter ton GMT 899, but it didn't have crew cab. And they didn't have any dualies yet. It's so 2001 weird. was the first year for the dually and crew cab. It's just so weird, like how all that like works. Did they also have the the Tahoe in '99 or no? Oh, 2000 was the first year of the Tahoe and the Suburban of the new body style, the GMT 800. Yes, but yeah. the Escalade and the Denali didn't start until '02. Wow, interesting. Mm-hmm. How bizarre. So anyway. Uh, that's what anyway. I have. That's what my <laughs> truck is. You've seen pictures of it. I'm sure you've seen it towing low key around and it's, it's cuter. It's beautiful. It's, it is all of those things. What it is not is functional at the moment. Um, and so it's not, it's not terribly functional. It, it's terrible fuel mileage. We got like, I got, I think I average like 7.8 miles a gallon towing low key around. Um, it has, just a few functionality issues, some reliability issues at the moment. Now, granted, it's sat for a little bit. It needs some TLC. And I just keep, I feel like I keep like running into these roadblocks. I keep having these little things pop up. They're like, oh, this needs fixed. Oh, this needs fixed. And so at what point do you pull the trigger and say, you know what? This isn't it. Now, I don't recall. Did we talk about some of the things that I was going to change on that? Okay, so I, what, we talked about LS. We talked about it, new I trucks. Believe. Is what we talked about. We talked, we talked about, about new trucks and LS swapping okay. it. 
So the next morning I called and talked to my buddy, Matt Mansfield. If you've listened to this podcast enough, you you know who that is. And I, we were talking back and forth about it and talking about that truck. And he likes like, you know what? You should just fix a few things on it, run it for a year, save your money. Let this, let the fuel prices correct the truck market. Because if they keep, hopefully they do. If they keep going up, well, I was looking at trucks last week and they'd already correct. It was already five thousand dollars taken off the asking price. Damn. Yeah, they're. I, I don't know. We'll find out. Nonetheless, save some money. We were talking about truck payments in general, and it was like a truck payment on one that I was looking at was like seven hundred and sixty bucks a month. And uh, yeah, on a five year, yeah, stout. He's like, you know what I could do to my truck for seven hundred bucks a month, and I was like, less than you think. And, uh, but so we, I don't know, man, a Cummins swap is looking pretty appealing at that was point. That, was that, but that, is that like six months of truck payments to yeah. put a Cummins in it? Yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't fix you're today. You're going to be paying on a new truck for five <laughs> years? For five years. Yeah. Hey, shit. you're not wrong. <laughs> so I don't know that I want to do a Cummins swap, but what I do want to do. Yeah. Immediately. Saying. Here's the immediate plan. Throw new exhaust on it. Cause it's loud. It sounds sexy. But it's loud as fuck to drive around. Go get the PCM tuned, retuned to be more efficient and not so race car-y. Mm-hmm. Change out the tire and wheel combination to something more street friendly and proper sized for the gearing that's currently in it. Which is it's currently has a two fifty five eighty five sixteen, which is right right dead at thirty three. And that tire only comes in a mud terrain, so it has BF Goodrich KM2s on it. And they're just noisy. You're going to make uh, Brian Myers very happy with that statement. <laughs> oh, am I? <laughs> Being properly geared. Properly geared. Um, I would just... Or proper I, sire t- the, tire size for the gears. The other, same thing. the other option I have, obviously there's a couple of them. You could solid axle swap it. You could... Um, you could go and buy new gears and put new gears in it. I think you need to explain why you would solid axle swap it to change and the why gears. you would go to smaller tire sizes aside from the economy and the gearing, right? Because so right now you got the torsion bars cranked. They're not that cranked. Well, they're cranked. It's a not little. riding well. It doesn't ride well, but it's not in the front. The front rides like a dream. It's the rear that rides mm. like ass. Okay, please ignore me. All of the springs. We're gonna fix that as yeah, well. You do have a lot of springs. <laughs> We're gonna fix that as well. We're gonna take out for at least a couple. Uh, in the rear to make it ride a little smoother. Then you could solid axle swap it. And I say that because that, that would give you that gear change. So like if I got 430 gears in a set of super duty axles, I could swap it to that. That fixes the tire issue completely. Don't even worry about the tires anymore. Leaving 33s. It's fine. Fair. I have at the house a set of 410 axles for that truck. I have a front diff and I have a rear semi float 410. I could just well, rebuild those real quick and throw them in there. Um, why would they need? Do they need to be rebuilt? Well, the front is probably fine. The rear needs to have the okay. out. The, the rear needs to be somewhat rebuilt. It has the brake backing plates, your shit, and, and all bearing. that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, you yeah. Just yeah. you know, it's it's an old truck. They're from a '92, so there's some rust on them. I already have all that shit there. I would want to put a traction device in the rear of that because the G80 is broke. In that. Oh, well, if you're going to do that, I would probably keep your current axle so you don't have to rebuild all the brakes. And just and take the gears shit. and the traction device and just have it rebuilt? You don't even. You probably don't even need to take the pinion out. M- maybe. What? It obviously, you would have yeah, to take the pinion out? Your, yeah, no, 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 never mind. Never mind. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a full floater. I'm it's sorry. not a full floater. I was thinking it was yeah, a full yeah. floater and you could adjust the depth. You could just, yeah, throw it in there. Yeah, that would be nice. If it was, Man, I wish your swaps are so easy how, on a full floater. <laughs> how easy it would it be for me to go find a full float 410? I bet saying it on here, someone has one floating around. For an OBS. Dave Hansen has one. Dave has seven. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, he's like, Derek, take this axle, take this axle. I'm like, I got to get down to you to get it. If someone has a full float 14 bolt for an OBS with four tens, let me know. That'd be real easy because then you just put a, a traction device right in there. You don't do nothing. Yep. Anyhow, right now, the easiest solution to fix all of my issues exhaust tune a slightly shorter tire uh that's not so noisy um because you can imagine how noisy those tires are gonna be when i take these when i change the exhaust it's gonna be stupid yeah uh, get an all-terrain yeah get a nice all-terrain like it's something like a, a nitto or something i'd like to do white yeah. letters if i can we'll see anyway or a ko3 or something uh, like that. yeah yeah something like that so do that 
and then fix the leafs in the rear and put some airbags in it and a couple of the other just rando things. Um, and it's pretty well. You may well, not even need the, the airbags for the record. I may not because I had to load my yeah. Jeep to where it's pretty like light. Yeah. Like, not light, but I don't put a ton of tongue weight on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so just do those things right there. Drive it for the next year. Save your money. Watch what the market does. Um, just keep watching the market. If your truck comes up that you want to buy, go buy it. If it doesn't, then just hang on. You know, just wait. And then you're good to tow, hopefully gaining some reliability and some tow, like some nice tow characteristics. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll tow better with shorter tires, not just because of the it gearing, won't look but as sexy. because of the stability and all that stuff. It won't look as sexy. Yeah. That's my, that's what I'm, I'm going to say that. I'm probably wrong. It looked pretty good on the twenties back in the day. Yeah. And those were a 30, those were like a 31 inch tire. So it'll look pretty good still. I'll figure it out. I'll make it look good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One way or another. Uh, yeah. So that's my thought on the OBS. Just kind of dial it in and get it to where it tows nice again. So that way, if I want to tow out to Roush Creek or down to AOP or out to Colorado, I'm not like, oh, I hate towing with this thing because it gets terrible fuel mileage and only wants to tow in third. <laughs> so I'll bet if I put it back on stock tires, I bet that fucker tows like a dream. I bet. Yeah. I bet it'll, it, and you're still going to need third when you get into the mountains, but yeah. at least you don't, in but, Illinois, if you can avoid going into third, that would be good. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you're flat grounding on in overdrive. If I got to put it in third lockup, that doesn't hurt my feelings any. You know, right. I don't mind running 60 miles an hour in third lockup if I got to climb a mountain. No big deal. Yep. It's stuff like going down to moonlight when I went, when it downshifted like first going up that hill. And I was like, I don't know if it's going to make it. Don't feel bad. I <laughs> shifted into first on that hill too. <laughs> and I have it geared properly. It just on the, weighs on the road. No, it, doesn't, it doesn't weigh as much huh? on the road or on the, the drive on the road, on the road. Yeah. Yeah. That last hill yeah. before you get up to the top. That last I mean, hill I probably could have coasted up. In second. Yeah. That hill was really steep stupid. hill going into moonlight. Yeah. <laughs> not, and we're not talking about, we're not talking about the rock gravel path going down into moonlight. We're talking about the actual the paved, paved road. road the I don't even know how the hell Missouri. they paved that. Honestly, how in the hell they just, they, they put a whole bunch of uh, asphalt in the asphalt paver <sighs> and they just let, they sent it down and they were just like, cross our fingers. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get the first pass down. Then we'll come back the other way. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mm-hmm. so anyway that is the updates for this week we're going to move over to the patreon where derek is going to tell us how many dollars he's going to spend we're going to talk more about truck things and i don't know what else we'll talk about probably chodes shenanigans we're actually going to move over there on the on the discord um server so that will actually be we'll pretty see cool. if anybody pops on. We have not announced this. We've so not announced this. Is gonna be gonna be, yep, we're going to pop in there and see if anybody shows up. It's 930 on a Sunday. So time will tell. Some people are going to show up. <laughs> if you're new here, you should check out our partner companies. Go over to totaloffroadpodcast.com and look up partners. You'll find things like Complete Off-Road, which is a full service off-road shop who also deals in most off-road parts for most rigs. They are your number one source for getting stuff for your rig. Check them out at completeoffroad.com or 583. Nope, 563-583-5363. Check out, uh, check out Crawler Off-Road for any of your recovery needs. There are good guys out of Michigan, and they sell awesome recovery equipment at an awesome price. If you need fabrication parts, check out Offroad Anonymous. And if you need any kind of inflation deflation, check out Morflate.com. Derek. Who's who's gonna oh you're gonna ask have me you last any words. last I'm words? Not come prepared for this. <laughs> Ooh. When your friend has a baby, think of last words before you host a podcast. Ah, that's a good one. Yeah. It's really Every, specific. Everyone can use that advice. Everybody can use that <laughs> advice. Yep. There was uh, one I'll have to come up with better ones for next. Uh, there was one last week. Ones. You know, last week I was teasing Mike about not having it, and I was laying underneath my Jeep thinking about it, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that'd be a good last words." And it was so, something to do with going wheeling, like something you should do before you roll out. And I don't remember what it was. Oh damn! I was going to ask you if you had any last words. It sounds like no. Um, yeah. Check your as always. Check your rig over. 
and make sure that it is good to go. Bolt checks are not a not a bad thing. Just kind of greasing ooh, your drive yeah. shaft is also not a bad thing. Ooh, there you go. Grease your drive shaft. Make sure the splines are still on it. Do as I say, not as I do, though, because I actually uh-huh. need to go grease mine now that I think, now that I say that. Same. <laughs> so there you go. There's your last words. Thanks for joining us for episode 117. And we'll catch you on the trail. Okay, hi people. <laughs> Steve's leaving. This is the Derek podcast now. Um <laughs> uh what the hell were we saying? See, I wanted Steve to hear this, but I'm just gonna say it anyway. So what I was gonna recommend is the 241OR421 transfer case or an atlas. And I was actually thinking about this before the podcast happened. Um, because I don't shift. The only reason I don't even go out a two to one low is because I have to like do two extra sticks to go into one to one and it's a pain in the ass. So I just leave it in two to one low when I'm bopping around the park or not doing obstacles, but double low range is sometimes a little bit hard to drive around in just because it's a lot of RPM, even if it's in fourth gear. So yeah. While Steve is gone, I'll tell you guys all about my garage shenanigans. So for those that don't know, we my wife and I bought a house last year, and Steve's back. But I'm going to keep talking about this. Oh. Stopping. Are you stopping? Did you stop? I'm, should I stop? I don't know. Well, yeah, I have to because we're going to move to the Discord. We are going to move to Discord. So. All right. Um, all right. Uh, stopping. Stopping.